You're listening to the Architecture Happy Hour. I'm Laura. And I'm Holly. And it's a two-drink minimum, so grab your glass and let's get started. podcast, everyone. I have a very special guest uh, here with me today to share with you a little bit about a personal home design project that she's been working on uh, that my sister Karen is joining me today. And um, I have recruited her to share all the inside juicy details of her design project because she's working on her very own custom home. So this is going to be a really fun kind of unique pull the curtain back behind the scenes, look at what does it take to design a custom home? Um, how many times have you been on the brink of insanity? And uh, what has it taken to pull you back and and make it to the next phase? So um, thank you for joining me for making time today, Karen. I appreciate it. And um, even more kudos to you for putting up with your sister um, being an architect because uh, this will be, if we make it to the end, it'll be a fun story to, to tell the family, right? Hi, everyone. Yeah, thank you for having me. This is a, it has been a fun and sometime insane making project, and we're not even, we haven't even broken ground yet. So thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, we're far from breaking ground, but that's why I wanted to have this chat now, because we're in the middle of design. I think we've kind of made it to a point in the process where we're getting pretty happy with the floor plan and we're going to start investigating, you know, into the details of materials and things like that. So we'll get into more, um, we'll get into more specifics about what uh, has been decided and how you got there. Um, but first I just thought it would be helpful for our listeners to hear um, what made you decide to design your own home. It's a great question. And I think it, has a few layers to it. The first layer is, you know, growing up in the West and and seeing, of course, all of these beautiful mountain cabins and other uh, homey homes. I, I always dreamed of having that. And we grew up in a very beautiful place in Park City in Utah. And of course, we can't we can't all have that resort chalet, but but. I wanted some some little tiny slice of that for myself. And uh, in the process of the last many years, I'm, I'll, I won't totally give away my age just yet, but, uh, you know, becoming an adult, I, I decided that um, sometimes what's out there is just not, not what I want. And then, and then there's a, a component of sometimes what's out there is, more than I can afford. And then sometimes I, I, that little dream of having my own place, uh, you know, it just kind of comes back, circles back around uh, at, at certain moments in your life. And, and at the risk of maybe sharing too much personal information, you know, after going through a divorce and, and owning several homes in the, in the past with my previous, uh, with my ex-husband, um, you know, I, I didn't want to be through that revolving door of in a in a just an okay house and then sell it and then upgrade to another just okay house and sell it and just didn't want that anymore. And I met my current partner and of the many things we share, we we both share that that 
little dream that kept circling back around for each of us that we both wanted to build something that was uniquely us, um, that reflected our mountain lifestyle. And I, I think that that moment has finally arrived. Um, so it's a, it's a, I think a combination of little dreams and opportunities and the market, the market climate that's kind of just presented itself for us right now. Um, I don't know if that answers your question, but <laughs> it's a lot of, a lot of personal. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No. <laughs> well, it is personal. I mean, it's your home. So, uh, you know, it's personal for all our clients and, uh, you are no exception. So that's great that it has been a recurring dream and interest. And, um, it's not just a fluke that you decided one weekend, like, Hey, it might be kind of fun to design our own home. It's uh, it sounds like it's been something with you for a long time. So that's good. I like to think I'm the exception in our family, but I guess in this case, I'm not. <laughs> so you alluded to your location a little bit up in the mountains, but how did you decide specifically where you wanted to buy property and where to build? Did you research neighborhoods or, or what, what helped you get there? Well, I live in a really beautiful place uh, in the western slope of Colorado, and there is a huge difference in real estate values and in prices uh, according to how close you are to our ski areas. And I think you'll find this in any mountain community that the closer you are to the resorts, the more expensive the real estate is. Uh, Consequently, the higher you go in elevation, the more expensive things tend to be. Uh, and so, you know, I wanted to have something that was affordable. And for that reason, I looked in towns, um, you know, not necessarily where my daughter goes to school, because she actually goes to school in a town uh, a little ways from, from where we're building. Uh, not necessarily where I work, because I, I also... Um, I work about 20 minutes in the opposite direction from my daughter's school. And so I wanted to be in the middle. I wanted to be somewhere affordable. But most of all, I wanted to be somewhere that really honors our, uh, our lifestyle and uh, prioritize you, the lifestyle for uh, our kids. When I say our kids, my partner has a son and I have a daughter. Uh, so this would be a combination, a you know, combining of homes for us. Uh, I wanted to have a property that had enough space for them, a property that where we could get on our bikes or, or put our shoes on and go out for a trail run. Um, and that, that happened to be in this neighborhood uh, that it happens to be on a golf course, in a golf course community, which, I, you know, I don't golf. I, I would have never chosen that, but... We just found that to really meet all our needs. It's it's right in the middle between where I work and where uh, my daughter goes to school. It's in an affordable location. The lot itself gets a ton of sun, which is also really important to us. It backs up to a little bit of open space and actually the driving range, uh, but <laughs> just happens to be farther than Tiger Woods could ever drive a golf ball. We happen to make that calculation early on in our process. Um, so 
yeah, you know, I think we, we wanted to choose something that really fit our needs, that fit in our budget, that was uh, a reasonable distance from our requirements like school and work. Uh, and, and I'm really happy with what we've chosen. Yeah, I think you've gotten a lot on your wish list there in the, the piece you chose. So I know um, the community you chose to, to build in has a homeowner's association as well as an architectural review committee so they do care what the homes look like in the neighborhood and so knowing that going in how did you choose the building method uh be you know for specifically what you wanted and then how do you know sort of you know what was your approach to figure out what you wanted this thing to look like this might be where uh my partner would say i got a little ocd so I'm going to just tip, tip, you know, maybe just jump into that for a moment. Um, so number one, I really like the architectural requirements of our neighborhood. I probably wouldn't have bought the lot if it was required to look uh, like something that I really didn't want to live in. And I think that for, for someone who wanted a you know an ultra modern stucco flat roof house this would not be the neighborhood our neighborhood requires a mountain mountain lodge type of look a, you know the contemporary mountain architecture they want timber accents and they want uh exposed natural wood features stone so really more of a I don't want to say cabin, but but more of a lodge type feel to many of the homes out there. Uh, and I was really fortunate um, when I met my partner. He drew a really a really cute picture of of what he wanted in his future home. It was exactly that, and I thought <laughs> uh, I thought that's really cool because that's what I want too. And so you know, sort of our just part of our background is that we always sort of envisioned a, a home like that. Um, I think it would have been very, very difficult to invest in in the property financially and emotionally if I really didn't like what the design review committee was requiring. Yeah, absolutely, because um, you have to look at it every day. It's all around you. Yeah, yeah, it's not just your house. It's everybody else's house, too. You know, you're living in this community. The other part uh, that influenced our decision was cost and and efficiency. So I think that comes back to uh, our value system. We don't want to be house poor. We might end up being house poor. I hope not, but we're going to really try. Uh, we also don't want to be wasteful in our in our construction process. We want this to be a reflection of, of our value system. And that means that, you know, we're going to try to save as much uh, of our natural resources as we can as we move forward in uh, in their use in building this. So we chose a panel company, um, and that panel company has been around for a very long time. I've actually known about it for about 20 years, which is where my OCD comes in. I've sort of trolled them a little <laughs> bit. I went back in my emails and realized that I've been emailing these people since like 2006, it's a little embarrassing to admit. I just really like their they houses. Haven't just like put the restraining order out on you yet? No, they haven't blocked me or fired me yet. Uh, <laughs> I'm amazed. Maybe it's because I'm not always emailing the same person. But uh, 
you know, every once in a while I get kind of a wild hair and say, I'm going to build my own house. And, you know, I never have gotten this far before, but it's always included this panel company because they make beautiful, uh, customizable panel homes that go up quickly. They use fewer resources. The walls are made in a factory, but they look like they're log built or, or uh, you know, natural wood design. So that was a great fit. And, and it turns out that they're, um, you know, they save us some money. And so that's always a good answer to, to our needs as well. Yeah, absolutely. And in fact, I'm now that I've worked with you on this and gotten to know this panel company, um, I'm researching more of this kind of a builder down here in Texas um, so that I can offer this as an option to our clients through our office, because it really is pretty interesting um, just how customizable it is when you work with them. Um, you know, you can choose their floor plans if you want to, and they've already done the engineering and it's pretty straightforward, or you can do your own design. So that's kind of cool. There are some major advantages to, at least from what I see. Um, and again, you know, it wouldn't be possible if our design review committee weren't optimistic that this would be a good match for their requirements. But putting that aside or, go, or going beyond that, uh, you know, the windows come installed, the siding is already on, the kit purchase, uh, in our case, gets you to the point where you have uh, you have the structure, the external structure, pretty much done. I mean, it's up to you to get the foundation and the floor, the decking on your house. But then when it comes in and, and gets on the uh, on the foundation, you know, you really have something that then you can begin your interior work. Um, and I, I just think that's so cool. And it's also not modular. You know, people think, oh, I don't want a modular home. You know what? That, that just carries a bias, I think, for a lot of folks. But mm -hmm. this is not modular. I think this is the direction that a lot of builds are going to go. They save resources. They save money. Um, yeah, it's not so a mobile I, I'm a big home. fan. No, no, it's not. And it's not a SIPS panel either. SIPS panels are great, but they, they were, I think, a little beyond our budget. Um, so this is just another option. And, and it was a good fit for us. Yeah, one thing that makes this really useful and where Karen is is that they, because of the snow seasons, they don't have a very long building window in the spring and summer. And so this sort of system allows the house to be built in a controlled environment uh, in the factory, and then it gets delivered and, and basically installed or built, assembled um, in just a few weeks. So like she says, you can be dried in uh, and under roof, you know, in probably about a month. So um, that really gives you some flexibility then to take your time on the interior if you need to, but it gets your home protected uh, quickly. Yeah, I, I echo that. I think our building season is probably April or May through about October, and then you better, you better be ready for snow. Um, right. And so it's been, it's been a good transition. Uh, good. Um, I know as you and I have talked quite a few times, uh, you have mentioned folks in your in your community that you have called on to get advice or information or, uh, you know, just for whatever stage you're in, it's really good to have somebody who knows more about it than you. And so can you share with us, um, who have you consulted to get information? If, if you were going to I'd advise somebody, you know, here's your, your list of team members that you should have on call. 
um, to help you get through a project like this? Who's been really helpful to you? I have a long list of people. In <laughs> fact, uh, Dwayne, my partner, uh, said, do you really have to call all these people? Yes. <laughs> Uh, maybe I don't, maybe I don't, but I think the more information I have, the more, uh, the more prepared I am, you know, the less surprised I'll be down the road. I think so, you're like dad in that respect. Oh man. Yeah. I think I Sorry. probably am. Thanks dad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it's been, it's been super helpful. So the first people I called when I thought about purchasing the lot, I hadn't even purchased it yet. Uh, they were the the design review committee, the folks who managed the design of the homes. Because I already kind of had the idea that I liked these panel homes and I wanted to see what they thought. Could I build the house I want on that property? And and so that was, they said, yeah, I think that sounds good. And, and so that was step one. Uh, the second person I called was the representative for our local town building department. And I asked him the same question, can I build the house I want on this property? And he said, yeah, there's no nothing that says you can't. I said, okay. Um, and then I just started putting out my feelers. I <laughs> called my friends, I talked to my neighbor, I talked to close, close family friends who are all in the building trade and all but one thought it was really cool. And, and the one who didn't uh, is a builder, a custom builder in Aspen, and his average price per square foot is over $1,000. And so he just oh, works in a whole different world. And he admitted that. He said, I don't even know what it would require. I have no idea what your cost would be, but I just know what I see. So I think reaching out to those people, uh, number one, educated me about what the de defined, well-defined restrictions were. And then once I got into the friends, family, those in the building trade really gave me an idea of the spectrum in our valley of cost and personal experience. I heard about crazy mistakes people had made, <laughs> you know, taking out a second mortgage on construction and then not being able to refinance because the market crashed. I mean, all sorts of different uh, stories and, but it's all information. And, uh, and that was very helpful. And then last, I think was really, uh, what was really helpful was connecting with a local liaison and design consultant who is the representative, our regional representative for our panel build company. And, uh, and she, over the last six months has just been a, a, a huge resource, uh, communicating with the company, uh, giving her personal advice about design, uh, having built a lot of mountain homes in the past. And so having that professional uh, consultant has really been helpful as well. Good. Well, yeah, we always tell our homeowners that this process does not happen in a vacuum. So um, you do have to pick your consultants and your advisors carefully um, because at some point it becomes designed by committee and that tends to spiral out of control because if you get too many opinions going on, then uh, it can be a lot it, a lot harder to make decisions. But if you're getting constructive, useful information, that's that is helpful. I should probably mention my sister as one of my consultants. <laughs> uh, I.e., my architect, 
uh, she's been a huge, huge asset. We've been meeting weekly and I've thought that she would have fired me at least three times by now. Um, but she hasn't, it's incredible. And I, I highly recommend her. Um, but, uh, uh, when dealing with family members, I, I had a very different experience with taking our floor plan to mom and dad's house over Easter. Uh, I went from having like a pretty simple floor plan. All of a sudden I had an elevator and a guest wing off the north side. And like I had doubled my square footage and I, it was totally out of control. So I, I, I would not <laughs> recommend for those of you listening that you uh, consult um be selective about what family members you share with. How about that? There you go. That's excellent <laughs> advice. <laughs> yes, I had s several very panicked text messages over that weekend that I just, I just kind of had to ignore. I didn't want to get in the middle of it. I just you thought, were you know, they're me. working through it. <laughs> I was. I, I think I even texted you. Are you ignoring me? And you said yes. Yes, I am. Uh, I'm. I'm keeping professional distance uh, at this point. You know. Then later on, you said. <laughs> I could have told you not to bring your floor plans to mom and dad's house. Yeah. Well, everybody has an opinion, you know, whether it's good or not. <laughs> right, and you just right. have to kind of come back to center and go, you know what? Okay. This is my house. Everybody's yes. going to have their own experience from living in their own houses as to what they would do if this was their project. But you have to remember it's still your house and it's not up to them. You know, and yes, your needs are different in your 40s than they'll be in your 70s. It's true. There, I yeah. just gave away my age. <laughs> <laughs> Close enough. Yeah. Uh, so what sort of discoveries have you made that maybe you didn't expect during the design process? Good and bad, hmm. you know. Well, I think one of the maybe unusual discoveries is so to go from your vision, my vision of what I want, to what's tangible, uh, there was a moment where I was sort of disappointed that I couldn't have like a wood-fired sauna and a giant stone patio with a built-in barbecue cooktop pizza oven. I was like five minutes of disappointment. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> it was like, oh, it, this is so cool. I can fit everything I want in in this rectangle, these two little rectangles that that totally meet our needs. And and so all of a sudden what began as you know endless opportunity for disappointment of what we can't have, if you you know, once we started to sort of look at it more carefully, it sort of started to be a celebration like Hey, can we cut another two feet off the south end of the garage? I think we can. Look at that. We can make our house smaller. That's so awesome. That means we can maybe go on another vacation. And so I think that the discovery was uh, cutting things out doesn't have to be a bad experience. You know, you kind of start awesome. to realize. Yeah. 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 You start to realize that your your priorities may not be a $7,000 pizza oven in your backyard. Like, I think you can live without that. And, and that's, there's a part of letting go of that, that, that is actually pretty liberating. So that's been one of my discoveries. Uh, probably the most important one. That's good. I love that. Cause that happens on every project um, that, yeah, you 
shoot for the moon and and just throw everything in there that you ever wanted. And then you do, you kind of have to back up and go, okay, hold on. Let's dial this down, trim a little bit here and there. Um, and and honestly, it happens on every single project. So to hear you frame that in a positive way is is really nice. Yeah, I think I think the big discovery is that that doesn't have to be a sad moment. It can actually be a happy moment. Well, I think that's really interesting that, I mean, for, first of all, I think it's really great that you've been met with a lot of respect and you've had good experiences talking to folks. And uh, yeah, there's always going to be that 2% of folks that just don't quite have their act together. And and that's okay, because we have alternatives to work with other people who are happy to to work with all clients. In fact, I was I just spoke this morning to my son's elementary school career day. And we had a little chat about being a woman in architecture and how it is a male dominated field. And I have discovered that I enjoy working with the women of the couples that we do work with, um, the homeowners, and that there seems to be a slightly different conversation that we get to have than when I worked in an office with male architects who are also extremely bright and, and really good at what they do. But there's that female dynamic that sometimes the clients will open up to me a little bit differently than they do with uh, with my male counterpart, you know, when I worked previously. And so I think that's kind of interesting. And I feel like we as women architects bring something slightly different to the table as far as how we look at how a home is going to function. You know, a lot of times I'll think, well, how are you going to clean that? Hmm. And how, you know, where's the vacuum going to go? Let, <laughs> and, let's be clear. I don't uh, actually think about that stuff. Dwayne's the one. That oh, okay. That, okay. But, so that's just, yeah, me. It's a partnership. just me. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Got it. All right. All right. So I'm the weird one, um, you know, so, or maybe, you know, how are you going to change those sheets? You know, yeah. like we were just talking about, uh, you know, putting a loft in your daughter's bedroom. And yes. I was like, and I'm not climbing up there that to change sheets. I hope she has my mind. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway. So yes, I think it's, it's worth mentioning. And I told the kids this morning that the sort of the shift in, in gender balance in architecture is getting better. Um, when I got into the field, it was more like 20 or 30% women, uh, and the rest were men. And now it's probably, I think it's almost balanced, maybe more like 40 or 45%. Uh, and it's probably similar in your field as well in, uh, orthopedics. Anyway, I don't want to get too far off topic, but yeah, it's, it is all part of the process because ultimately when you're designing a home, it's personalities, you know, you've got to make sure you like who you're working with because uh, it's not a short yep. process. So you have to have good relationships on all areas of the project. I think that's the bottom line. I think you just, you just nailed it. I, it's all about relationships and it doesn't matter, you know, it, I, at the end of the day, it probably doesn't matter. Gender, background, whatever, whatever bias you want to put out there. What matters is that you feel comfortable with that person. They're giving you, you know, excellent uh, resources. They're skilled in their trade and it, and it feels good. And, and I can say that personally, I've just recently this week reached out to about five different builders and I'm in the process of interviewing them right now. And I, I very quickly narrowed it down to three, just right away. It just, you know, whatever it was about the two that I sort of scratched off the list, I respectfully let them go their way and I'll go mine. And and the three that remain were three people I feel like I could work with. 
Um, yeah, they might have not built this specific house type before, but I feel like they're they're they they have an interest, they have a good skill set, and they're just good people that I can work with. And that that's probably the maybe the take home message in that is that you want people who you can work with um, because you're going to be working with them a lot. Yeah. Some of our best clients have been clients for a very long time and they, um, they've really become friends. Uh, you know, some of my partner Holly's clients have been around for 20 or 30 years and, and she's seen her children grow up with their children. And so it's just a really nice, a nice thing when you can really kind of vibe with the, the people you're working with and not just on a professional level, but when you really trust them personally, that that's the best combination. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have one. I have one more. Do I have time to give you one more discovery? Yeah, of course. You know, I want to include this because it, it really, it shifted the entire project for us. Um, so I have a tendency to get focused on a goal and I, I, I'm going to say become rigid. <laughs> I'm going to use that word rigid. No. I, I, no. I know. Can you imagine that? You believe it? I mean, teeth sunk in, tenaciously holding on to this idea that I want those windows exactly right there. (laughs) There's nothing you can do to change my mind. And I, my discovery is that that can be both a gift, but also a great liability in your project. Rigidity is probably, I'm going to say, one part uh, helpful and three parts liability. Because what happened in my project is that you and I spent, I don't know, what, four or five months designing this this floor plan that uh, I was just totally committed to. I'm like, I want the windows facing east, slightly southeast. I want my kitchen on on, uh, the west side. I want my master upstairs because I've got to take advantage of my north view. And you were like, Oh, okay. I guess I'll work with that. So you, you were pretty, you were kind of held in a small box by my expectations of the project. Um, I had already drawn it out, finely detailed for you. And you were just kind of like putting it on AutoCAD for me. And so we arrived at this place where we sort of thought we were done. And then I thought I, uh, maybe serendipitously, I thought I ought to meet with these couple friends who are professionals and who are also in the midst of building their own homes. And so I went out on a day and met with both of them, had coffee, showed them my plans. And, and, and literally within 10 minutes of meeting with each of them, there, there was no firm criticism, but there's just kind of like this awakening. Oh my gosh. I've, I, I have completely designed a house that doesn't work for me. The kids' bedrooms are in the wrong spot. There's going to be sun blasting in my east windows. My kitchen's going to be dark by one o'clock in the afternoon. How did I get here? And I will say it was my rigidity, i.e. stubbornness, that got me there. And I, you know, bless you for being the architect that allowed me to to just come to you and say, I think we did it wrong. And, And your response was, this is why it's important to really focus on what your lifestyle requires and not necessarily where the lines are in the rooms. The line, the lines are in the rooms, the drawing, that's my job. Your job is to let me know how you live. 
And I was like, oh, dang it. But then five days later, okay, maybe 10, we had a design that totally works. And it's totally different than what I had come up with originally. It's really, really nice. And it's going to be less expensive. And it's going to flow great. But I had to really give up that control. I had to take my pencil off the paper and just say, all right, I don't know how to make this happen, but what this? these are the things that we value. And then you came up with a drawing that really worked for me. So the discovery is that, number one, I am not an architect. <laughs> and number two, I have to be able to let go of some of those rigid uh, wants that I think are just like, deal killers if I don't get them and realize that you actually have my best interest in mind if I'm willing to give you the reins. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. I couldn't have even scripted that any better because you just, yeah, bingo right there. And it's it's hard because I'm I'm a people pleaser and I wanted to do what you were asking me to do to draw the the thing that you thought you needed. But yeah, it's that's kind of where I am as far as helping you is you tell me how you want to live. Like my job is to make every part of your day enjoyable. So when you wake up in the morning, I want you to love your bedroom. When you go and get ready in your closet and your master bathroom, I want that to be enjoyable. And when you cook any time of day in your kitchen, again, we want you to smile. And so I want you to tell me how you know, how many pets do you have and, and how many people hang out in your kitchen and do you like to read and, and where would you like to be able to store things and how many bags of groceries do you usually come home with? And so, yeah, it is hard for, uh, we have a lot of clients that show up with like, okay, here's how I think it should go. Cause I've been dreaming about this for years and, and I know my house and all of this and yep. that. It is, it's hard to um, say, I, completely understand where you're entering this process at. Um, but give me a little bit of time and let me understand how you want to live in this space. So I'm so pleased. I just thought if I watch, if I just watch enough HGTV, I could figure it out on my own. That's right. And then just let you put it in the computer. And I, I, I and so, yeah, I thank you. Thank you for being that person who is you're good welcome. at your job. And thank you for letting me. You're welcome. <laughs> and and I think we're still sisters at this point. We haven't fired each other. I, I did say you, you I, I don't know how many times I've texted you. I, this is really going to test our relationship. But. <laughs> yeah. Can we do this? Can I change this? It's all good. It's all good. It's all part of the process. Well, I think that's a great place to wrap this up. Um, we're obviously not finished with what we're working on. So what is next in the process? And then hopefully we'll get to podcast again so that we can fill everybody in on how it's going. But what comes next? Yeah. Well, I totally appreciate you allowing your listeners into our experience. <laughs> uh, hopefully I haven't emotionally scarred anyone too much to even try. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to remain hopeful and I'm going to continue to be just a little tiny bit OCD about it. That's okay. Um, you can do it. I maybe just a little bit. 
so that what's next? So on Saturday tomorrow, we are meeting more formally with our lender uh, to see if all the numbers are going to fit. And if they don't fit, what we do next? And if they do fit, you know, what, how does that affect our timeline? Uh, I think that, that those are important conversations, but I'm prepared for that to take a little while. It may not all wrap up tomorrow uh, for finances. Uh, and then on Monday, I, I'm really excited. We have a an architect's meeting, um, and that includes you, and it includes the folks from the panel build company, and it includes the design consultant. And we're just going to look at our drawing, and they're going to tell us if it works or it doesn't work. And, and again, sort of like the finance end, if it doesn't work, what do we need to do to get there? And if it does, then what's our timeline? How, where do we go from there? Um, and then... Yeah, I just talked to a good friend last night, and he gave me some advice. He's built his own home and has done been involved in the building process. And he he said, "Look, you may not you may not be able to or need to, or maybe you shouldn't break ground until the next calendar year. But what you can do in the next eight months is get some really good cost estimates. Take your time. Talk to people." Uh, you know, call, call three plumbers, show them your plans, uh, talk to electricians, explore your options, because the more prepared you are, and, the, and really the more legwork you do on your end, the less you have to pay for someone else to do that for you, and the better you're going to meet, uh, meet your needs when the time comes. So that's kind of where we're headed next, and Great. hopefully we can afford it. Fingers crossed that we don't have to go back and redesign it again. Yeah, I know. I, I'm getting a little TMJ in the process, but if that's <laughs> the worst thing that happens here, I think it'll be okay. <laughs> One step at a time and deep breaths. It's all good. It's really, been, it's really been fun. If it wasn't fun, I wouldn't be doing it. So, well, thank you so much again for your time. I know you guys are getting ready to go do something fun yeah we're gonna take the kids up 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 a tram yeah <laughs> well good good thanks again for sharing all the the nitty-gritty inside scoop on how this process works i'm excited to be able to do another one in <laughs> however long it takes but you know for our next phase hopefully we'll be ready to i don't know break ground or finish the drawings or whatever we decide is our next you know milestone and uh, we can keep everybody in the loop and I did hear you offer mom and dad that you would help them design a house uh, across the street from me. Uh, maybe that's your next step. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's phase two. Oh, yeah. We'll see if they that, take there me may up be on some that. objections. Well, instead of them trying to redesign your house, yeah, we will give them their own house project to design. We love you, mom and dad. I think that works better. Okay. <laughs> All right. So anyway, we will, um, I'm going to put the link to the panel build company that, that Karen is using. I'm going to put that in the show notes. There may be some other resources that she and I come up with. So we'll add those there. Uh, and then we will continue to update. I think we're going to feature this project on our blog from time, you know, time and again. And so we'll, we'll keep everybody posted. It's, it's exciting. And I'm glad to be able to share it from you know this view me too hopefully at the end of it we have something really cool to share with all your listeners 
if nothing else, we'll have a really good story. <laughs> I'm sure we will. Uh, so until next time, um, feel free to reach out to us on social media. Um, HPDarch.com is our website for our company, HPD Architecture and Interiors uh, here in Dallas, Texas. And um, if y'all have any questions for Karen specifically, feel free to reach out to me. We can put that into a blog post, sort of an FAQ, if we want to get deeper into the details. So Anyway, until next time, everyone, have a great day, and we will talk to you next time. Bye-bye.